I'm Chris Rose. I'm Janelle. Welcome to New Orleans. Okay, what do we got? All right, so most of our stories, um, or at least lots of them, are you know kind of well-known or famous, historical, whatever, Axeman, Lee Harvey Oswald, these sort of things. This is a lesser-known story, and one that I know best because I was kind of personally involved. I was um, uh, adjacent. Isn't that a term people use now? You do have a was, knack for applying literally any situation to yourself. I was murder adjacent. Okay. Isn't that a thing now? Is sure. That, we're gonna roll back time to May 1985. So I am 25 years old, newly relocated to New Orleans as a reporter, and I'm living in a building almost best described as a tenement, a rundown apartment building at 612 St. Philip Street. And it's an interesting building. It's There's probably about 12 units in it. Um, the French Quarter is still quite, you know, sort of run down in those years, not quite as painted up and, and as pretty as they've made it in recent years. And the building is mostly vacant. I come to discover, I didn't realize this when I moved in, that one of the apartments uh, was a shooting gallery. Meaning... For not, ducks? Not... I knew you were going to do that. No. Needles... All right, this is a Okay, 80s. that's not what you call that. You this call that a drug den. No, a 70s and 80s terms for a shooting gallery is where people went to shoot up using the same needles, hence AIDS. Are you with me? They yeah, gathered and they... drug den. Well, no, the drug den was next door. That's where it turns out there was a cocaine dealer living, which is amazing. It's 1985 and... I'm 25 and I don't realize that my next door neighbor is a cocaine dealer. Where was my head? There was- You have a, a lot of stories about cocaine. There was also a, uh, a porn studio in one of the apartments. I didn't know any of this was going on. <sighs> like literally kind of under my own roof. No idea. Okay. So here's the crime. Uh, another tenant, um, there's a young man named William Hancock. He also went by the name Paul Stewart. Okay. A recent uh, relocation from Florida. He listed his uh, employment as a waiter slash model. Ooh. Yeah. Paul. Do you have a picture of Paul? I Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to Google that one. I don't, okay. I don't, not on me. Not in my wallet. Okay. Um, so... May 1985, uh, he may list his employment as waiter model. Uh, what he was, was he was a chicken. Meaning in the terms of chicken I know what it hawks. Means. I know what it means. Well, Thank you. I don't know that everybody does. Um, I don't know that that's an appropriate 
term anymore. Maybe we could just use the word like escort. Streetwalker. Or sex worker. Okay, all right. Sex worker. So one night, now we're going to switch to our other character in this story. His name is Alan Watson. He is 44 years old. Now, he lives in the 500 block of St. Philip Street. Ooh. So you realize I've located us in the 600 block. Yes. He's in the 500 block. Alan Watson uh, has been working 18 years as a hairdresser at the Don't. Uptown Beauty Salon in Riverbend, New Orleans. So um, here's what we know about uh, Mr. Watson's last hours. He attended, actually, a Mardi Gras uh, crew fundraiser for whatever crew he was in in St. Bernard Parish. And he comes back with his, a friend, a friend who is unnamed, but here's their last hours. They come back and they go to the Roundup Lounge on St. Louis Street. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with the history of the Roundup. Nope. It's not called that anymore. It's it. now called BMAX, which is where I bring Heard of that. my tours often. The Roundup and how to put this... Uh, Delicately, appropriate. Was it all Western decorated? It was not only the best um, transvestite country Western club oh, in America. Oh, I would have loved it. It might have been the only. That's amazing. Transvestite. I would have loved it. Country Western club. 100%. In America. I am. Well, and, and this is a side note. You have never had your... Um, you know, your your masculinity ripped to its very bare bones. When no, you, I haven't. When, when you have had your ass kicked by a six-foot-four transvestite in buttless chaps wearing Manola Blahniks, size 16, in a game of pool. Okay. That happened to me. It sounds like some kind of fragile masculinity. I am not insecure about it. Okay. He... She was a hell of a um, pool player. Shrimp and grits in a Worcestershire reduction. Black and red fish topped with a crawfish pepper cream sauce. Fresh, juicy burgers on brioche buns. Are you hungry yet? Well, come get your munch on at the Munch Factory in Gentilly. Find us at www.themunchfactory.net or on Instagram at The Munch Factory. I don't know if transvestite is okay anymore. It means, in this case, a man dressed as a woman. I I don't know about the... I don't know about the... I'm asking... The naughty bits. I'm asking if it is... Still acceptable terminology because a lot of words that used to be okay are not okay. We'll deal with that on on the comment. On we go. We'll deal with that on the comment section. On we go. So, um, Alan Watson's last hours, he's at the roundup with his friend who was unnamed in the stories. Then they go to Petunia's, which was next door. It's not there anymore, but it used to be a a great, it was a, uh, um, what are those pancake things that aren't pancakes? Waffles? No, 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 no. Crepes. The crepes. It was a crepe restaurant. And then his friend and he parted. Mr. Watson, uh, between Petunias on St. Louis Street and his residence in the 500 block of St. Philip Street, encounters... How far is that? Oh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
seven blocks. So very close to home. He'd probably walk. Down. And they're French Quarter blocks, which and, are very small. Right. And he's walked it a thousand times before. And he's walking home, and apparently he encounters oh, Mr. Hancock, a.k.a. Mr. Stewart. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently he engages his services. Yes. Or maybe they just went home together. I, I don't, you know, I can't actually tell you that this was a, a, a cash sure. transaction. So, uh, fast forward next morning. That's a Saturday night. Next morning, Sunday, two of Alan Watson's friends come by on their bicycles to go for their uh, weekly Sunday bike ride. Okay. He doesn't answer the door. They find their way in and they find okay. one dead Alan Watson at the age of 44, um, dismembered. So that's reported in the newspaper. But all of him is there. He's just in pieces. Just two pieces. Oh, well, that's not dismembered. What's missing? His head. That's decapitated. Okay. Thank you for editing. Okay. So here's what happens. Um, That's reported in the paper on, like, page, you know... So they call the police. In the metro section. Okay. Police are called. There's a little thing in the paper about Alan Watson, a local hairdresser, a bon vivant, very popular person around town, Mm -hmm. has been murdered. So here's where it gets weird. Um, It's already kind of weird. Oh, it is already kind of weird. That's, That's true. So... Guy who kills Alan Watson... We don't know who this is yet. Technically, no, we don't want to convict him yet. No. He took a steak knife out of the kitchen and cut off his head and stole his jewelry. That's not nice. No, that's really sad. He steals all of Mr. Watson's jewelry. Of which there was A lot. Okay. uh, uh, Prodigious amounts. Sure. So I say, this person, still unknown... He sells all that jewelry to someone else on the street. Because these are, we're talking. As a lot. We are street hustler right, sure. mode now. Street hustler guys agrees to make a deal with someone who killed Alan Watson. And he says, let me get this appraised. Sure. He takes it too. Oddly enough, out of all the pawn shops and all the jewelers in the world, and I know I'm going Casablanca on you, mm-hmm. he goes to Mexic Brothers Jewelry I on Canal you were Street. Say Mexico. Mexic Brothers. Gotcha. And a guy walks in with a bag of jewels and rings and emeralds and says, What's this worth? Okay. Well, the guy who looks at it. Realizes he, he made it. it. Oh, ooh. He doesn't know it. He made it. And he knows who he made it for. And so finger under the... Exactly. Yep. The police arrive and they encounter this fellow whose name is not known. I'm not withholding it because I don't know it. It was never published. 
But they accost this fellow and say, we have a situation here. Yes, we do. You are having a bag of jewelry from a dead man who this jeweler made. Can you explain this? And he says, yes. I got it from a guy on the street. We were going to make a deal. I was going to buy it from him, hawk it. And he says, all right, let's figure this out. What are you supposed to do? He says, we're supposed to meet tomorrow. Yeah. At Molly's on Toulouse Street. I smell Molly's a sting bar. operation. There. Oh, you see? You're, don't, beep, don't, beep, don't. Beep, 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 you're, spoiler alert. Okay, go ahead. So uh, the guy was supposed to meet the other guy at Molly's, not Molly's on the market. People get confused. That's the one on Decatur Street, the journalism bar, but Molly's on Toulouse Street. There are two Molly's. A lot of Molly's. And they are uh, set to meet the next day. At noon. So the cops thinking, uh, sounds like this guy's telling the truth. So what they did, they said, call him, set up the meeting. And they did. So the cops go to Molly's and clear it out. Mm-hmm. They replace the bartender with cop. They set up fake customer patrons, cops. customer yep. cops. Is that, is that a thing? No. It is now? Yes. And the jukebox at Molly's, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be right next to the front door. So anyway, everything's all set up. Was it playing something ironic? I don't know what song it was playing. I should just, (laughs) Freebird. I don't know. (laughs) So anyway, um, and then the guy from the jewelry store, the, the, Sting guy who's supposed to meet with them yeah. to negotiate how much. He's sitting there, and then it's all cops. And in walks... Our friend. William Hancock, a.k.a. Paul Stewart, mm-hmm. a.k.a. a waiter model from yes. Florida. He walks in the door, and there's a woman putting coins into the jukebox a right by cop? the door. A lady cop. Okay. And this is badass because... Mm-hmm. He walks in, his accomplice or fence or whatever you call it, nods his head. She turns, puts a pistol against his head. He's down, he's cuffed. As it was described by the owner of the bar, it took 10 seconds to get him out of the building. So William Hancock slash Paul Stewart is taken into custody and taken away and... Off he goes into the inferno of what happens to uh, street hustlers who cut off the heads of their johns with state knives. Murder solved. And here's the postcard to this story. Okay. 612 St. Philip Street, mm-hmm. where I once lived. Mm-hmm. Where... Uh, much of this nefarious activity went on is now a an upscale boutique hotel. And it's actually a really, really beautiful place. And I've gone online to look at their rooms. I do not recognize the apartment in which I lived in. They're really, really nice. I do recommend that anyone uh, um, stay there. It's certainly no longer a pornography studio and a shooting gallery. I, I, I just think it's very important to uh, say that 
this is not a place you're likely to get your head cut off with a steak knife. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans podcast. New Orleans is a Get It Girl production starring Chris Rose and Janelle, produced by Robin Flannery, with editing and music by Max Moran. Tired of listening to the same old playlist day after day? Well, you've come to the right place. Relax and enjoy the refreshing new sounds from Bubble Bath Records. Featuring original music from 20 incredible underground artists, Bubble Bath has the cure for your mundane music blues. To hear more, follow us on social media and visit us online at our website or on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Music. Remember, friends, stay bubbly.